Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Yes, Long Cat Media presents Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. Chapter 8, I think. Greetings, fans of the esoteric. It is I, Magenta. Oof, we left on a right old cliffhanger last time, didn't we, Bernard? We did rather, yes. I'm inclined to just crack on with this one. If oh, you like. Oh, except for cocktail of the day. Can we have the sting? The cocktail uh, sting? Uh, yes, yes. Cocktail time. Cocktail time. Cocktail time. There we go. Lovely. I can't hear it. He's going to put it in afterwards, but I'm assuming it's wonderful. All right. So we haven't been to the shops for quite a long time, have we, Bernard? No. So I struggled with this cocktail, I'll be honest. But then someone told me about Pruno. Prison hooch. Oh. Yes. It's apparently an absolute breeding ground for botulism. But you know what botulism is, don't you? The key ingredient of Botox. So if my science is correct, hello, fountain of youth. Brilliant. Cheeky inmates, keeping it to themselves. Right, so here's the ingredients and the... um, Actually, you still need loads of ingredients, I'm afraid. So for Pruno, okay. And it's actually full of fruit. I know, oh, there's always some ghastly trade-off for trying to look young. Anyway, so it's ten peeled oranges, right? A cup of fruit cocktail, water, 50 sugar cubes, six teaspoons of tomato sauce, Jesus... So you mash the fruit, you bag it, you leave it in hot water for a while, stick it somewhere warm for two days, then you add sugar and tomato sauce, you heat it, you hide it from the prison guards, and over the next three days you warm it up every day and you release the gases, and then you strain it, et voila! There we go, pruno. Good God, what a palaver, eh? That's extraordinary. I know, the ingenuity that shows. That's, that's really something, isn't it? I mean, if you can make prison hooch, they should just let you out so you can go work in a laboratory and I make quite the world agree. a better place. I quite agree, yes. Mm. Right, on with the book. Although first, I do have to prepare Bernard. I'm sorry, Bernard. I'm just going to apologise to you now. I'm getting the apologies out of the way so that I don't have to interrupt the flow while I'm reading and apologise during. Oh. Because it's... It might be a little distressing for you. Oh, really? But if you can keep any grunts of distress to a minimum. Oh, oh, yes, that's fine. Yes? Oh, no, yeah, it's it's all right. I've read the book. I do. I'm under no illusions. It's been a while, though. Well, it it has, yes, but I'm I'm confident enough in my own, uh, uh, you know, all of that. Yes, uh, in in your own, uh, yes, good. Right, all right, as long as you're prepared. I'm prepared. Don't, Don't worry, my dear. Right. Again, don't blame me. Right. Okay, chapter six, I think. I've lost track. I don't know. So, here we go. Musical flourish. Bernard, Lindsay, Dave and I are sat round the dining room table. Dave gets his own place. I put his bowl on a placemat and we all eat together. Well, would you put a family member in another room to eat? No, you wouldn't. Lindsay has her earphones in, as usual. Dave is also very quiet. Bernard is chattering away, being very complimentary about the food. He's such a good man. See, that's nice. I like it so far, yes. And a fat man. Yo. 
He's really put on weight over the years. He used to be a skinny little thing. Now look at him. Bigger boobs than me. Magenta, Bernard says, craning to look at his own chest. Have I dropped something down my shirt? Oh, no, darling. I was just looking at... A giant pair of moobs! Shouts Derek, apparating behind Lindsay. Oh, I scream, leaping up. What's wrong, Bernard cries, dropping his fork. He looks where I'm looking, seeing nothing. I stare speechless at a face I buried so long ago. Oh, I I didn't just bury his face, I buried all of him. And it was the funeral service people who buried him, not me. Anyway. Mum, what's the matter? What are you looking at? Lindsay quavers, unplugging herself and looking frightened. Dave whimpers and jumps off his seat and onto her lap for comfort, his ears flat against his head in alarm. They're all looking at me like I've lost it. I stand there, gaping with horror. Derek continues to float stand behind Lindsay's chair, smiling benevolently. He looks exactly the same as when he died. Well, not exactly the same. He was a lot flatter when he died, what with plummeting 10,000 feet onto tarmac. He looks like he did the moment before he died. No, that's not right either. The moment before he died, he looked flushed and windswept, and his hands were busy groping the breasts of his tandem skydive partner. I know this because she took a photo of them both about two minutes before they splattered onto the ground. So let's just say he looks like he did probably about three hours before he died. And let me tell you, he was a fitty. Sorry, sorry, Bernard. Well, you know. I met Derek when I was 18 and he was 32. I was singing professionally in a karaoke bar at the time. It was my job to pose as a punter and get the singing started. But what if I'm too good and it discourages people to have a go themselves? I remember saying to the manager, I was terribly conscientious. He said it wouldn't be a problem. To be honest, I think the manager fancied me because it was the easiest job in the world and I got paid good money. I'd do five, maybe six songs, normally power ballads and the occasional NWA track thrown in for balance. Someone would then beg me to stop so they could have a go. Then I'd go and drink at the bar while the manager leered at me. Sometimes I'd sing again around closing time as the last few stragglers left the bar. Glamour for hire, that was me. Derek came in one night with his work team from Blastico Security. Clive, also dead now, killed by a prostitute. James, dead from the same prostitute. Peter, dead, same prostitute. She went on a bit of a rampage through her client list. And, well... Bernard, actually, still alive due to fundamentally disapproving of prostitution. Well, there you go. Yes. A bunch of forceful alpha types they were, apart from Bernard. No. Derek was very much the head of the pack, a tall, broad, Heathcliff type. Sort, well, sort of. He was he was northern and he had romantic hair, but he wasn't exactly a, a tortured gypsy type. Anyway, I'd just finished a jazzy rendition of Appetite for Destruction and had taken up my normal place at the bar when he approached. Right, I'm going to try and do a northern accent. Here we go. Oh, dear. Northern bonny lass, he boomed at me, gripping a pint of stout in a fist like a boiled ham. Thar sings like... Thar sing... How do you do it, Bernard? What's the line you're trying to say? Yorkshire. Thar sings like to lark in to sky. Thar sings like to lark in to sky. Thar sings like to lark in to sky. What's thou joint toast for a drink? 
There we go. That was pretty spot on, I think. Absolutely. After that, we dated for around six months, during which time he took elocution lessons, as many of his Middle Eastern clients had difficulty understanding him. And then we were married in a haze of booze while on holiday in Las Vegas. God, it was exciting. But it was a rubbish, exhausting relationship. Derek always wanted to be numero uno, and I allowed it to happen. I was only 18 and didn't quite have the confidence to have my own opinions. If only I could go back in time and tell that 18-year-old to believe in herself. Although I wasn't a complete doormat. Occasionally, my fundamentally bolshy character would rear its head and the relationship would deteriorate further into fights and tense silence. We were entirely incompatible. It would never have lasted, even if Derek hadn't been cheating on me quite so vigorously in the months up to his sudden FaceTime with the tarmac. Two years after his demise, working the summer season as a fortune teller on Norfolk's famous Great Yarmouth seafront, I bumped into Bernard. I remembered him from that night at the karaoke bar and asked what he was doing there. It turned out he was in Great Yarmouth birdwatching. The feathered kind on the broads. The watery kind. We were soon spending every moment together. We built sandcastles, looked at great tits, both kinds, and rode the roller coasters. And by the time we'd shared our 20th deep-fried donut on Britannia Pier, we knew something had grown between us, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I mean love. Yes. And your willy. Yes. It was like slipping into a warm bath with Bernard. One of those baths where you take a cup of tea in with you and while you're drinking, you let it pour decadently over your chin and into the bath water. Try it, you feel like a Roman emperor. A bath that comforts you to your bones. One you can stay in quite happily until you're wrinkly. The complete opposite of big flash sixpence absolute knob jockey Derek. And now here we are, Bernard, Derek and I, in the same room together for the first time in a quarter of a century. There we go. End oh, of the chapter. Good Lord. That wasn't too painful, actually, was it, Bernard? Yeah, well, the first bit was a, was a little bit much, but well, then what after... What bit was that? Well, you know, the, 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 the bit about the moobs and all that. I didn't say there was anything wrong with moobs. Well, you took it as, an, as a criticism. You're, you're right, and I shouldn't, should I? No, it's the lovely. Bo- Bopo and all that. Bopo? Yes, the, 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 the Bopo movement, the body positivity movement. Bopo? Yes. Well, that would make sense if you pronounced it... Body positivity. Well, I maybe said. Shouldn't it be? Bopo. 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 Yes, there we go. I've improved something else. Well done, my dear. Mm, you're welcome. All right. I'll see you. All, well, I won't. See, I keep saying this. I'll hear. I, I won't hear the audience. No, either. you won't even. How hear do them. you go see you later when you're on a podcast? You you just sort of say goodbye. I you suppose. will listen to me next time. But that's How's a bit that? authoritarian. And- you can listen to me next time. Yes, that maybe, maybe that'll catch on. All right. Madame Magenta was created and performed by Lindsay Sharman, with Lawrence Owen as Bernard. Music and sound design by Lawrence Owen. Artwork was by Claire Lafar. You can follow Madame Magenta on Twitter at Madame Magenta UK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by going to coffee.com forward slash longcatmedia. That's ko-fi.com forward slash longcatmedia. For more information about this podcast, as well as our flagship drama series, Mockery Manor, please visit longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
Are you emotionally exhausted? Do you have strong feelings about authoritarian power structures? Have you ever stared up at the night sky and felt tiny and alone? If so, ask your doctor about Wolf 359, the award-winning sci-fi audio fiction podcast by Kinda Evil Genius Productions. Side effects may include strange genetic experiments, unreliable AI systems, the potential discovery of alien life, and toothpaste. Find Wolf 359 wherever you listen to podcasts and visit wolf359.fm to learn more.